welcome back to Actually Authentic. This is Liv. And this is Maria. And today we are going to be talking about home cooking. And we're just going to kind of go into like, I guess like the how home cooking was growing up for us. Like if we ate out a lot or like what our parents used to make or what that kind of looked for us growing up. And then just tell you guys some of our favorite meals that we like to cook from home. Yeah. Growing up, my mom was really great at teaching us kids how to cook. And she, I remember at age two, I would help her crack eggs to bake. And I think that's why I love baking today. So my mom did a great introduction of cooking and baking to me, which I'm super grateful for. Yeah, my experience was pretty similar. Like my mom, like we didn't eat out a ton growing up. We often ate in, like my mom always made dinner. And I mean, and everybody's situation is different. But like my mom, she worked like sometimes, like she'd work every Monday growing up. Um, but then all the other days of the week she would be home. So she was able to make a lot of time to be able to cook from home and stuff. So we'd always help her in the kitchen or I guess like it would almost be like, you know, she had a lot of kids. So (laughs) we'd like cycle through and take turns. Oh, tonight you're going to help mom cook. And so I think it, I think it teaches when you're able to like start young, it teaches you like more enjoyment and you get more familiar with like what the kitchen is like because it can be intimidating. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the book episode from last week, like The Power of Reading, how we talked about the importance of reading with your kids young so they have that association with happy memories and then they'll be better at it so it's easier for them to start later on, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. Because, like, if you start young, you're able to get more familiar, like, and not just have, like, only, like, cherished memories but also kind of, like, learn skills and, like, you know, like my mom would always like, I'd be the person that would, okay, well, like you, we need a cup of this. And so she would say, this is what a cup is, or there's, it's labeled right here. And then, you know, go and, you know, then I'd scoop out the ingredients and come bring it in. And something that we would make like all the time growing up was homemade pizza. So that was like one of my favorite meals to do with my mom is, you know, help her make the dough and like we knead the dough together and then I'd help her roll it out. So it's, it's fun. Oh, that is fun. Do you have any of the recipes that you used to cook with your mom? Like, did she give you that pizza recipe? Yeah, yeah. So specifically things that I like, that I like still make today is that pizza recipe. And then also like we always made no-bake cookies growing up. And that was kind of like my goal as a kid was to master the no-bake recipe. And so my mom had this really, really old cookbook and the page had actually like fallen out of the book. So I'd have to like put it back in all the time. And it was like, I don't know. I love old cookbooks, like where it's like all messy. You've used it, like there's spots on it. And I just feel like it's different. I don't have anything like that now, but I just, you know, it's so nostalgic. Like, (laughs) yeah, my mom definitely has cookbooks like that. It's so funny. She has this baking book. See, my, my main focus is baking. I don't remember much cooking meals with my mom. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe she did cook with me, but as a girl, I was always in love with baking, so I had my, what's that little kid baking set? It just slipped my mind. Uh, um, oh, the one with the oven? Where you put in your mini cake. Oh, yeah. Oh. The oh, oven. What was Easy it called? Easy Bake Oven. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's yeah, so, so fun. Yeah, I would always make little cakes in my Easy Bake Oven, and I remember loving it so much. I don't know why. It always tasted so good, and gotta get that now, sugar intake in. about it. <laughs> Yeah, thinking and talking about it now, I can imagine the memories and the taste of the cake after I had made it, and I was so happy. So, 
yeah, that's one thing is baking with my mom was really fun. So I, I have a love for baking now. I'm way more comfortable with baking as compared to making meals. Yeah, well, I would say like baking's almost like, I mean, there are certain like things like you have to, with cakes, you have to make sure like it doesn't like sink into itself. And there's like little things like that. And like, I know they say with like baking, you want to make sure you follow the ingredients very closely, you know, because yeah, it's almost like a chemistry super. kind of thing. But I would say like mm-hmm. baking, at least to me, I feel like it's a little bit more fun. Like, well, because you're making a treat for yourself. Like, you know what I mean? You get to lick the spoon growing up. Like, I know there is a different kind of like, you know, nostalgia to that. It's kind of like me with my pizza with my mom. Like, that's like a fun meal. Like, what kid doesn't love pizza? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And looking back at it, that's probably why I like baking now. And I do know all those small tips because I bake so much with my mom. Whereas with the cooking, I don't think maybe I didn't enjoy it as much. So I didn't do it as much. And now I don't know all those little tips. Right. Well, I'd say like baking too is a little bit more interactive. Like when you make cookies, you have to, you know, part the dough and roll it up. So it's, it's a little bit more fun than just putting something into like a pot and then or the oven and just waiting it, you know, you put the ingredients in and you pop it in the oven and that comes out. It's like more boring. (laughs) Yeah, I guess with me, it's sometimes working with the raw chicken or the raw beef and Mm -hmm. it kind of just grosses me out and maybe that's why I don't enjoy it as much or like with chicken I always get really stressed making it because I am super picky with chicken if it's too overcooked and it's like a weird texture I can't eat it but then I do not want to undercook chicken because that makes people sick so it's that weird like okay I have to find the right balance here and I don't know so chicken is the one that I mean, I make it sometimes, but I don't love cooking it. Yeah, I I, I guess I've never really been, like, afraid of chicken. But, like, I know what you're saying. Like, I definitely have, like, moments where I'm like, this grosses me out because I, like, overcooked it because I was paranoid about it being raw. But, like, um, I, guess, I guess it definitely means, like, practice. It makes perfect kind of with meats in general. Like, even I made, like, salmon a little bit ago, and I'm like, it was not good. I'm like, this is not, this is not where it's at. I did not like the recipe. Um, so it's, I feel like with yeah. meat, it's definitely like, it can be intimidating, especially when like you put a lot of effort into a meal. Cause I do feel like certain baking stuff does take longer, but again, I feel like there's just like a certain enjoyment with making it like, a, like that dessert treat. But with cooking, it's like, that's your main course meal. If you mess it up, it's like you put all this time into it and then it didn't come out right, which I've definitely had those moments. So I feel like it's yeah. it's trial and error with, like, meat specifically. Yeah, especially with salmon. I mm-hmm. have had some bad experiences with making salmon, too. I tried to get the frozen kind, and I would not recommend getting frozen salmon ever. Because no. then it, like, doesn't thaw right, and then when you cook Such it, it's mistake. soft. Yeah, it's not good. So don't do that. And, yeah, even, like, some of the recipes, they do weird sauces on the salmon yeah or like weird marinades that you're supposed to keep it in and it's like it sounds good but then like it's not (laughs) yeah yeah so I would say with fish it's probably a lot down to the quality like if you have like a Asian market or like Costco I know has good fish but something that I learned from my sister with like salmon and stuff she actually air fries her salmon and she makes it a ton. And so whenever I visit, we always have salmon. And so it's actually really good. So that's something that I'm going to try is air frying it. So I feel like that kind of air frying is just so easy. Like you put it in, you put it for the set time and it does its thing. So if you have had failures with salmon like me, 
try air frying it. Yeah, I do love my air fryer. The only thing that it didn't work well for was like homemade potato f- um, wedges. When like you cut up a potato mm-hmm. and put it in, they didn't they didn't right. cook right. But anything else, I feel like the frozen potatoes or salmon or some people do desserts or baked oatmeal. There's mm-hmm. so many options with the air fryer. Yeah, definitely get an air fryer. Right? It's a go-to. I know we do like um, sweet potatoes in there a lot for like dinners and stuff. And I know a lot of people love like Brussels sprouts air fried. Mm. Those are also really good. I haven't tried them, but I've heard good things. Yeah, I think I did air fry them once, and they were pretty good. It gave them that crispy outside, soft middle, but Dallin doesn't like Brussels sprouts, so it's just something I enjoy. (laughs) Yeah, and sometimes you can get a bad pack of Brussels sprouts where they're super bitter. Yeah, so, yeah, where they're like, eh. So, yeah, it's easy to have a bad experience with them, for sure. I know that, like, something that my in-laws do with Brussels sprouts I mean, it's obviously like it's it's so funny, but so they air fry it or like they'll cook it on the pan and then they'll have melted cheese and put it on top, and so it kind of like combats that super bitter taste because it they are kind of like that, a little bitter, I think naturally, right? So, but that cheese helps. Yeah, well, that reminds me of broccoli mm-hmm. and cheese. So true. But that's like a thing that everyone does, you know, because they even self, well, not everyone, but it's a mainstream type yeah. of thing. Like they sell the broccoli and cheese in the frozen aisle. Yeah, no. Growing up too, we did lots of broccoli and cheese or like broccoli cheese casserole. Yum. So good. Ugh. Or like broccoli cheese soup with potato. Yes. Like that's a soup. It's a thing. So that makes sense with the Brussels oh, yeah. sprouts. Yeah. That brings all back all the memories. I would say like Something that my mom made a lot was casseroles. Now that I think about it, we do like broccoli casserole or like tuna casserole, which some people hate, but I, I I like it more now. When I was a kid, I was like, eh, casserole, but we had it a couple of times ago. Like, I think she did it for Thanksgiving as a side dish. And I was like, why did I hate this as a kid? <laughs> yeah, I don't mind casseroles at all, but Dallin doesn't like them at all. So I never make them just because, you know, it's better if you make something that we can both people can eat. Yes. So I try to avoid them, but I do like casseroles too. I love a good quiche, mm, but yeah. with me, it's sometimes hard because I'm lactose free. Right. So I have to use the unsweetened soy milk and then only use cheddar cheese because it has a lower mm-hmm. lactose amount. And there's some other, uh, there's some other cheeses also with lower lactose if anyone else is lactose intolerant. So I love a good quiche. Yes. Something I really like to make is um, corn tortilla enchiladas. They're really, really good. And I get the Siete green chili sauce, um, I think is what it's called. It's like for enchiladas specifically. And it's more on the Mm. pricey side, but the ingredients are just a little bit better quality than just like the canned one, which I like. And it's like, it's because the other ones are almost like a soupy kind of vibe, but this one has a little bit, it's still like very like, like runny because it is a sauce, but it has a little bit more like, I don't know, it's not as soupy as the canned ones, which I just really like. And then the taste is just on point. So it tastes more homemade to me which I really like. So I'll do those and then do chicken and then do cheese on top and then with sour cream. So good. And it's really easy. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about the Siete brand. And even me, I've tried their chips, Mm -hmm. which were pretty good. They were grain-free, but you could barely tell. And they have a lot of good options there. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. They are a little more pricey. So if you're on a budget, 
Maybe this wouldn't be something that you'd get every week, but maybe once a month or once every other month. Yeah. If not, just get like the normal green or if you like the red enchilada sauce, like just normal canned. But yeah, CIT is really good if you're like intolerant to certain things too. Like they're gluten-free. Um, so they're like and grain friendly. So if you have some like intolerances, they're really, really good. But yeah. Yeah. Well, another option too is you can make it homemade. Homemade enchilada sauce is always the best. Yes. It just depends how much effort you want to put in that day, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's good, better, best, you know, because I feel like it's good in the first place if you're just making a meal. Mm-hmm. So you can buy the normal store brand, let's say, of the sauce, then siete, you said as cleaner or less processed ingredients. Mm-hmm. It just feels more homemade. And then homemade is always like, you know exactly what's in it. There's no preservatives at all. And mm-hmm. yeah, use it. Yeah, right away, so. I would say that's one of like the the big tips about like cooking from home is you're able to like control your ingredients, and so like you're able to like not have as much preservatives and stuff like that in them, which just makes you feel better. You know what I mean? You don't feel as like bloated in a bad way when you're able to like kind of make it ho- more homemade. And cooking can just be really really fun. I just think you have to find like recipes that you have time for like me like I might not have time to make a homemade tomato sauce for pasta or like homemade enchilada sauce so I just go with like the canned stuff but if there's a day that you feel like putting an extra effort and just like or like trying out a new sauce recipe you can do it from home then that's also very very enjoyable so like it just depends what lifestyle like what fits with your lifestyle and the timing and stuff yeah yeah and we kind of talked about this a little in our meal prepping episode where if you make something homemade once, you can store it for weeks. So yeah. it only takes that one time of you putting in all that effort. And then if you store it, it's great. And growing up, I remember my mom would always can. So she'd make like homemade apple pie filling. She'd make pear sauce. She'd mm-hmm. make jams and all these things where it's a lot of work when you're doing it. But then it lasts a few years, honestly, if you don't eat them super fast yeah you can like preserve things I know we do jam my, my parents have um have honeybees so like they harvest their own honey and they'll like store some of it um for like people they'll they'll like sell it or they'll keep it for themselves or there's like I know that they one time even did like a cough syrup from one of their batches which is pretty cool so you can do that with bees as well but there's like fun things that you can do and like I guess like you make time to like do jams or like you know if you have an opportunity to have like a garden or bees or stuff like that I feel like that that's kind of the fun thing about home cooking too is if you're able to take stuff from your own garden I miss that growing up we always had a garden yeah that's what I love about living with my parents right now is they have so many fresh fruits and vegetables my dad is an amazing gardener like he literally awesome. grew a peach tree from a peach pit oh it's so cute awesome. yeah it's like a foot tall right now but it's just amazing to me how he can do that and fresh fruit like you said so much better and it's cheaper too everything's going up at the grocery store so it's like oh ah. I know. <laughs> it's kind of crazy think that's like one of the things that I'm like most looking forward to when me and Brandon get a house is being able to have like a garden like you know what I mean a full-on garden or like plant fruit trees that we want because that's just like I don't know there's something about I know growing up 
like we use a lot of tomatoes in like my mom's recipes and it there's just like some sort of nostalgia like my mom would tell me like you know go and like pick a zucchini and go pick a tomato that's ready from the garden for dinner you know what I mean and so it's just I don't know it's so fun being able to do that and right now we're in apartments but so we can't do that but I am looking forward to that's something that I want to do is garden when we do have our own place yeah us too but um I haven't always been super into cooking like as Liv even knows sometimes I'll ask her like what type of recipes are you doing and it is something that can be hard to get into especially if your parents Mm -hmm. didn't teach you how to cook growing up and at least for me I'm the kind of person who if I'm trying something for the first time I get really hard on myself or frustrated if it doesn't go perfect or I get stressed while doing it because sometimes like little things go wrong and you're just like oh my gosh this is so frustrating and then for me, it's a bad experience, so I don't do it again. Mm-hmm. And that's really easy to fall into. Yeah, it can be challenging. And I know there's, like, times where I feel like I'm making something and it's just, like, not going the way I want it to. And I just get so mad. And, like, I just have to almost, like, walk away from the meal and be like, it's okay. Especially with baking, like, when you prepare, like, cakes or something and they sink in. And you're like, oh, I just put in, like, all this effort to do this cake and it just like sunk into itself like that just so sucks so there's definitely like challenges that come into that so like something that I would recommend if you have an opportunity to or like depending on like what if you have like classes you can go to is go to like a culinary class I know in high school I we had a culinary course so if you're in high school and you have the offer to you I totally recommend taking like at least one term of it because it does teach you a lot. Like I was already pretty well versed with cooking just because like me and Maria both said, like our moms baked and cooked with us a lot. But it was really fun being able to kind of like one, see the more professional side of like the culinary industry. But like there's a lot of people that didn't know how to cook super well. And after the class, they like they thoroughly enjoyed it because they feel like they learned a lot. And that's just like a life skill. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's really cool. See, my high school didn't offer that or maybe they did and I just didn't know of it. But my middle school, we did have a culinary class, and there's some good memories there. I remember we made pizza, homemade. That's so fun. And, like, some of those mainstream meals, we probably made tacos. Mm -hmm. And it was just fun. And, yeah, it's a great way to learn. Even as adults, they offer culinary classes that you can take, or maybe one at, like, a, a state college by you. I know they offer classes like that. Or... Even some rec centers sometimes, like, you know how, like, places have, like, rec centers. Sometimes they'll have, like, culinary classes you can sign up for. Yeah. Or even YouTube, honestly. Yeah. YouTube is a great example. Um, There's one YouTuber that I love. I'll look his name up. It may take a second um, so we can keep talking. But I just love looking at his recipes and following what he does. Yeah, no, I think YouTube's a a great way to get kind of introduced to cooking if you don't know I know like I follow like Sarah's day and she does like fitness and stuff um and does she actually has a sunny app which is like I've talked about it on here before it's like a cooking app she's actually coming out with like a solid cooking book too which I'm really excited for but she used to do a ton of like engaging like cooking videos and sometimes she'll stu- still do that and she actually has a toddler and there's a couple of vlogs ago that her and her son did like a cookie like they did cookies together for like I think it was Easter 
And so she, like, he, they filmed him cooking with her, and it was just, like, so cute. I'm like, that's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of different people you can go to. Like Liv said, some of those people are more fitness, and then they offer, like, what I eat in a day. Mm-hmm. Or, like, baking. But this, yeah, this guy that I really like, he was actually a professional chef. So he's really like hardcore. Mm-hmm. His whole channel is about cooking and he he knows all the skills. Like I feel like some of the what I eat in a day girls are kind of like just like us, just putting together what they have. Right. But this guy is on a different level. His name's Joshua Wiseman. And he gives so many good tips and tricks. Some of his recipes are pretty hard. So I definitely I think he has some that are specifically he says easier. Um but if you want to learn how to be really good at cooking and get those high-quality skills, i definitely listen to him. There's also Cooking with Babish. And he is also one of those more chef guys. Like, his whole channel is about cooking. Oh, and he has so a lot fun. of different culinary tips. Yeah, that's that's so fun. I think it is cool kind of like looking more the people that have really invested like their careers into culinary school and like, like you're able to get like some cool tips and learn like some skills that like Maria said, like everyday girls wouldn't really necessarily know yeah. super in depth about because like we're just kind of like on the go trying to like learn, but you're, it's like more about being taught, I would say. Um, I know that somebody that does make some really good stuff. I don't know. You know, Jacqueline Hill, right? Um, I've heard of her. Yeah, so she's a beauty guru, but her fiance has a cooking YouTube, and he's, I believe he's, like, culinary school, too. Like, he did culinary school. That's his primary thing is cooking. And his channel's called More Seasoning, and he posts, like, a lot of really cool recipes that are pretty easy to make from home. And so he actually did this jalapeno popper recipe that I really, really want to try, um and it looks so good because I don't know if you like jalapeno poppers but I do they're like cheesy and really yummy so but he has some like really fun like cool recipes um yeah I like I like his channel for me it's kind of hard sometimes with all my eating issues and that's why I think learning some culinary tips is super helpful and it's free if you use YouTube because these people who were trained in culinary things, <laughs> they are just giving all their recipes away yeah. for free and they share all those tips on their videos. And I got the name wrong. The other one was Babish Culinary Universe. So, okay, yeah, he's really popular. Familiar. And then Joshua Wiseman. Also, they're both really funny. So, super enjoyable to watch and you learn. Definitely recommend. Yeah, that's awesome. No, I think YouTube is a great, a great resource. I I feel so grateful that we have like that platform to be able to learn from. And I think it's really great too, because if you do have certain intolerances, you can also probably find somebody that like is a cook and has similar intolerances to you. So you can get a lot of recommendations for recipes if you have to be like gluten free or if like you're allergic to certain like peanuts or like grains or something, you know. So I think there's lots of options out there. And you can be one relate with somebody that has like 
can't, you know, can't have cheese, for example, like you and have good recipes that they like to make so that you can make your like home cooking. Yeah. Speaking of another YouTuber who I love, she does a lot of vegan meals. Her YouTube is called Pickup Limes. L-I-M-E-S. Yeah, she's really cute. Really, her videos are really interesting too. And she has some really good recipes. So she's another one I'd recommend. That's so fun. That's such a cute name. (laughs) I know. Exactly. And I guess another thing, like I said earlier, when cooking, I like to stick with recipes that I feel confident with. So one thing that I like to do is print out a recipe after I realize, okay, I really like this recipe. And sometimes I make adjustments, so then I'll just write in the adjustments or I'll even retype it. And then I'll put it in a a book. So that's one tip that I have. Yeah, it's like a little like recipe book of your own. Yeah, exactly. Or even if you have recipe books, like bookmarking the page and using it a lot. Because I know now that we have social media, we're more likely to just look it up online. But it's so easy to lose a link or not be able to find the recipe again. Yeah, or like Pinterest, like a lot of times I'll pin meals, but then I forget about them. So it's kind of nice having a hard copy. I know another thing too, if you really like recipes, but you like don't want to like do a whole book, is my mom also on top of like having cookbooks, she also had the little like card stocks um, and she'd write down the recipe on there. So we used those a ton as well. And then she'd label everything. And they have like those little like cardstock, like where you, if you buy like a little thing of cardstocks, a lot of times they come with a container. So she would just keep it in there. So that's another tip um, for like logging your recipes that you really enjoy. If you want something like small and compact, that's what we did too. Yeah, that's a good option for a smaller space. Or you could put them on a ring instead of in a container and then flip through yeah. it. Yeah. Like, all good things. Yeah, like when you were doing, um, like, remember when you probably had speech class in high school and college, when you'd have a speech and they would be on your index cards? Yes. Yeah, same type of thing. That's what I would want to do for recipes, but sometimes they don't fit on there, and I want all the details, and I like seeing the picture, so that's why I put it in my book, but I guess it just depends what you want. I'd say if it's a familiar recipe, that's when the cardstocks come in handy, because if you know all the steps and the temperature, like, and you can make, like, little notes like that, but if you want really descriptive, then do what Maria does, and if you don't want to, like, do just a specific cookbook, then just log it, kind of get a ring binder, you know, or something like that, and just print them out when you like something, because it is really easy for whatever reason to forget recipes you enjoy after a while like if you get like you get used to having them and then you like don't like you kind of want to break from it and then you forget that you like it so I know I do that recently some of my favorite things I've been making they aren't really like a dinner thing or a dessert it's more of like a breakfast snack but I've been loving making homemade granola as well as homemade granola bars Yeah, those are nice. And they're just so good. They're so much better than the store, and you can control what's in them. Probably cheaper. Well, long term. I don't know. It depends, honestly, because the ingredients are kind of expensive. If I bought in bulk, Mm. I think it'd be a lot cheaper um, because you are paying for the high-end ingredients. Like, I have to use a lot of coconut oil in the granola, 
in the oats. So I guess the granola is probably a little, well, I don't know, because it's the honey, the almond butter, and the coconut oil that's kind of pricey. Yeah. But yeah, I'd say it's probably a little cheaper. It's hard to say. It's probably one of those things that you just have to invest in it, and then you have that ingredient for a while. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's it's an upfront a lot, but long-term, if you, like, buy it in bulk, like you said, it'll be, it won't be bad. Yeah, since we're living with my parents, it's harder for us to buy in bulk right now. But we do go to Winco, and you can get their fresh honey mm-hmm. and then freshly ground almond butter, which is really good. So that does make it a lot cheaper. But if you weren't doing that, I think it'd actually be a little more pricey. But I just love it for the taste, and then it doesn't hurt my stomach. And, like, I can control how much honey I put in and oil in the different recipes, so I just love them. Something that I've been, that's, like, really easy um, that I've been making, which, again, is not really, like, a meal, but I've been doing a lot of, like, uh, banana shakes with, and I'll put, like, cocoa powder in there and then spinach, and then I'll do, I typically, I'm not much of a dairy, like, milk person, Uh, so not that I'm allergic to it, but I just, I've never been a milk drinker. So I always just do like almond or like oat milk or coconut milk. I like the nut milks, I guess. And so I'll do that with yeah spinach and cocoa powder and sometimes like a natural peanut butter. And it's really, really good. If you freeze your bananas, it's almost kind of like ice cream. It's kind of that vibe, but it's like lighter, not as heavy on your stomach. So that's something that I've been really enjoying doing lately. Yeah. I saw this recipe for like a a healthier frosty is what they called it where they did that type of thing where they froze the bananas they added coconut or not coconut they added um the cocoa powder and some nut milk i love the oat milk well i used to i do not like it anymore. <laughs> i go in phases no i still like it i just um like i said i go in phases mm-hmm. it is more creamy right the only thing that bugs me about it is it has a little bit of the graininess of the oats. Yeah, it's a little bit more gritty. Yeah, whereas with the almond milk, which now is my favorite, I'm just in that phase. I've been getting the unsweetened vanilla almond milk, and it's just more creamy. It, well, it's it not is creamy, more it's of just a watery. Smooth. Yeah, it's more smooth. There's no grain at all in that one. And I've been having that with cereal a lot, and I've been really enjoying that flavor. But like I said, I go into phases. Like I think a month or two ago, I would have said, I'm loving oat milk and this is my favorite. But they're both good options. There's a lot of good alternative to milk options. Yeah, and it's totally normal to like like things and then get tired of it. I know that like, like for a while we'll make like a lot of chicken-based recipes and then I'll be like over it. So it's normal to kind of cycle through. It's just about finding like, I would say like just like those core meals and treats that you enjoy making because I mean like you can go to the store and or like go to like a cookie franchise and get like a cookie from there but it's almost like more fun being able to make stuff like that at home and it's just you know it's an experience for you and then typically you can save more money because you aren't buying from a franchise and stuff so yeah see sometimes we still do buy from a bakery but It does make it easier when you have those set recipes you already know you like and you know you can do them. It's just so much less stress and it's more of like a habit. Okay, I'm going to go make this and eat this and it just makes it easier. Cooking from home can be so fun and 
as long as you have like recipes you like and the right equipment, I think that that also helps a ton having like the right kind of stuff. Like sometimes you'll, you'll not cook for a while or maybe you weren't super into baking. And so like you have to make some investments into like the kind of sheet cakes you need or like, or like pans or whatever. And so just invest, I would say, in some stuff that you really, really like. I love aesthetically pleasing cooking ware. I think that sometimes helps people too. Cause like, oh, you're cooking with something really pretty that you enjoy. So that can kind of help too if like you don't love cooking from home. But invest in some like cooking and baking ware that you really love and just get onto some recipes and think back to when you were little and when you enjoyed like growing eating growing up and maybe just like reconnect because that can help you kind of navigate some recipes that you enjoy yeah I totally agree well hopefully we've inspired you guys to get out some old recipes or maybe look for some that you love and just go and try it because kind of the same as the last week topic where we we're talking about reading it's one of those things again where you just have to start and the more comfortable you get with it, the more you'll enjoy it and the more success you'll have. Exactly. But cook from home. Let us know how it goes, you guys. And thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next Tuesday. Bye, guys.